You're a wizard, Harry. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. I can tell you how to bottle fame, brew glory, and even put a stopper in death. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies, but a great deal more to stand up to your friends. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Dan, and today we actually have a new guest with us, and uh, her name's Molly. Hello, everyone. So, as is tradition here when we have a new guest, um, what kind of made you fall in love with the Harry Potter series? Um, I think, like many of the other individuals that have been on this show, um, I grew up with Harry Potter. So, sixth grade, reading the books, similar age... Um, plus two, like the older I got, just the more in depth the books got, like super exciting. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah. Um, plus two, I mean, like there's just so much about the writing that just like pulls you in and it feels homey. Like it's gotten me through good times. It's gotten me through bad times. It's just always there. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely a nice thing to kind of go back. It's like a little comfort safe space in a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of that thing that you've grown up with, you've grown through, and you just kind of end up coming. Especially, like, I've noticed, I go back to certain chapters at certain times. Yes. Like, when I feel a certain way, I'll yeah. just cherry pick a certain chapter or, or a book if I wanted to. So, right. No, totally get it. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention uh, we're rocking some Harry Potter gear. Heck yeah. <laughs> I got a Hogwarts house shirt um, with the, the crest on it. And yes. Uh, Molly's rocking her Hufflepuff sweater. Yes. And some Harry Potter socks. And some Harry Potter socks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're getting a little all covered, <laughs> but it's great. Man, Molly, you got in here for, like, a massive chapter. I know. I am I was so excited when you asked me to, to do this. Like, this is such an honor. I feel like, whoop. It's a big one. Uh, yeah. It's chapter 12, The Mirror of Erised, is what we're covering today. It's... Uh, Maybe one of the heavier chapters, if it you really, is. like, dig into it. for Yeah. We've mentioned it before. It's, like, this is primarily geared toward younger children, young adults. Yeah. Um, but there's some themes here that run real deep, and, and we'll get into it. Um, for sure. But to start off on a lighter note, Hogwarts at Christmas is awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, when I, like, when I started reading this, like, just... Oh, that Christmassy feeling. Like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it, it makes you want... I, it, we're doing this episode in early October. Yeah. But it kind of makes you kind of want that Christmas vibe a little bit. Oh, for sure. Um, but I always think of, like... She describes it. She does a great job of describing, which is one of her better attributes as a writer, I think. Just describing the scene and really putting you in that world. Yeah. Um, but I... I've already talked about how, like, the Great Hall is such, uh, it's not a pun, but uh, it's such a magical place <laughs> when you walk in there. Yeah. Um, where it's, like, the ceiling, and especially at Christmas time with, like, white and the snow falling. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's such a cool vibe. Hagrid's lined. At least I envision it. I don't know if she says it specifically, but I envision, like, the trees lining the Great Hall, like, the length of the Great Hall. And, yeah. And they 
decorate each one uniquely, right. which we're in Chicago and makes me think of the Museum of Science and Industry having yeah. their like Christmas yeah. tree set up. Right. Um, I like how she starts out the chapter with like a couple feet of snow dumped yeah. outside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Gotta love the northern UK in the wintertime. Yeah. Um, and then she like goes in later in the chapter and she describes some of like the, just the feasts and yeah. And the feasts are one thing. The feasts at Hogwarts have always been described as being over the top. Right. Anything you could possibly imagine being part of them. But the, the party favors? Oh, I know. Is, I don't know this answer, but is it a thing in English Christmases to have like party favors at a, like, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know either. It's a cool idea. Like, yeah. I think of it as like New Year's specifically. Right, right. Um, but they mentioned it here for party favors. And if you're listening from the UK, let us know. Yeah. That's great. And then they end up coming out with, I think, he lets go a cracker, mm. which is like a firecracker type thing. Yeah. But out of, and I had to read this, I swear, like three <laughs> times um, to make sure I was reading it correctly. Yeah. But out of the firecracker comes, I believe, an admiral hat and, and something else I can't remember off the top of my head. I know there were mice. Maybe that was it. Yes. Yeah. Because I think Mrs. Norris was going to be eating them. Yes, that was her own personal Christmas feast. Yes. Um, And I'm like, I get that it's magic, but that is some bonkers magic. Yes. Oh, grow your own warts kit. Yeah, that's another one that he got from it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. which, and he was so excited about that one, too. Right. Yeah. What else did he get? You're on that page. He got a new wizard chess set out of that. Oh, yeah, that was another thing from yeah. this chapter is wizard chess yes. is awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, oh, that'd be so cool. Um, I also really like, and I, I forgot about this detail of it, but obviously the, the chess pieces are alive, and that's right. cool enough, right? Right. Um, but the detail of them questioning your leadership <laughs> yes. is phenomenal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Ron's is like passed down the family but they're at least the, the people who have had it have been good at chess so right. therefore they follow those commands whereas Harry right. is like leading them to their doom every time <laughs> right. and they're like no 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 we shouldn't go there we should go over here right. send that guy over there he's expendable I'm right. like whoa that's, right. that's really intense <laughs> really just like push that other guy out yeah, it's spared. Um, such a cool game that they come back to a couple of times in this chapter. Yes. Um, which is awesome. Yes. Um, but before we leave the Christmas feast thing, I need to point out Hagrid getting drunk. Yes. And <laughs> McGonagall gets a nice peck on the cheek. I know. And to Harry, and I believe everyone's surprised reading this, <laughs> she blushed, and I believe the word is actually giggled. Giggled and blushed. Her I, top hat lopsided. I, I, I'm reading that. Mm-hmm. I can't envision that in my head. As much as I said, like, the Great Hall is vivid, like, I get that vivid picture in my brain. I, yeah. I just can't see McGonagall blushing. Right. Right. Like, ever. <laughs> I just can't put that in my head for whatever reason. I can't reconcile that. Right. Um, blushing and giggling. I, can, yeah. I can't. Nope. Yeah. I kind of like it, though. Like, it's a side you don't 
really see from McGonagall. Like, it kind of breaks her down a little bit, makes her a little bit more... And that's, that's another thing, like, I just love about J.K.'s writing and, like, her characters. Like, they're real people, and and yeah. you get to see, like, all facets of, of who these characters are. And I don't know. I like that. It, it gives a very human quality to McGonagall. It does. It, it kind of brings her uh, a little bit more down-to-earth, a little bit more relatable. Right. Um, instead of her usual stoic, intimidating self. Right. I, right. I, I just found that detail awesome. It's a nice little sassy side of McGonagall. Oh, for sure, yeah. So, um, And then, knowing I was going to do this chapter with you, I pulled yes. this detail out because <laughs> we have bonded over our mutual introvert selves. Yes. And the idea of staying over at Hogwarts over the Christmas break. And yes, there's a multitude of reasons for it. For example, mm. the Weasleys going to visit Charlie in Romania, which is awesome yes um so they weren't home at the time so mm -hmm. all of the weasleys stay behind um but you also have harry who doesn't really have a pleasant home to go back to so he jumps at the opportunity yeah to stay over um but the benefits are you have an empty dorm mm -hmm. you have a common room almost completely if not completely to yourself yeah and you generally have free reign of the entire castle Yep. Barring Filch and Mrs. Norris. Right. So that's kind of awesome. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, I would probably explore the castle and the dorm to yourself is great, but I think I would take most advantage of just having the common room to myself. Oh my God, me too. Like yeah. that would be the thing that I'd be most psyched about because yes. I could just chill, relax, fireplace, comfy yeah. chairs. I could pick the comfiest chair. I can like right by the fire. Just yeah, yeah. and then especially in Gryffindor where they have the tower and you could just chill. Right. It'd be a little different, you know. I don't know if I'd be as excited being in Slytherin's common room. Yeah, dungeon. Yeah, Ravenclaw's fine, mm -hmm. and you know, Hufflepuff is described as a very homey type mm -hmm. vibe. Right. Um, so that would probably be fine. Yeah. Uh, so there, and I don't think I'd enjoy as much, but, no. um, so as introverts, that just struck me yes. as like, <laughs> yes. be awesome. I would totally, like you said, grab like the comfiest couch right by the fire. I'm a knitter. Shout out to Miss Weasley and her, Mrs. Weasley and her sweaters. Yes. Um, yeah. And, um, I'd knit magically. So woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> be awesome <laughs> um so uh, i like how yeah we'll just get to the, some of the harry's presence yeah gets because it's just like he didn't expect any to begin with yeah um which is unfortunate i know so like this is the best christmas for harry in so many different ways yeah uh which i think at some point one time or another in most people's lives, whether you're super popular or not, you still have that underlining feeling of, oh, maybe I'm like an outcast or maybe I'm like not well-liked or blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I think Harry like really personifies that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so his surprise and enjoyment of people actually like, he does get one special present. Right. But I mean, a sweater. Mm -hmm. It just shows someone, like, put in the effort and cared. Right. Um, Hagrid. <laughs> put in the effort and cares. Yes. 
you know, Hermione thought enough to get him chocolates. Right. I don't know if Harry or Ron got her anything. That's I, my guess is no. Uh, probably not. Right. That's fine. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I did have that thought. I was like, if they got her anything. Yeah. Uh, I would probably agree with you. Probably not. Yeah. And then the, obviously the the present to top all presents, um, something that was owned by his father. Yeah. Which I don't. At this point, forget the actual item. It could have been a t-shirt. Right. Like, if anything was given to him with the note of, hey, this belonged to your father. Yeah. And he wanted you to have this someday. I think would have put Harry, like, through the roof, no matter what it was. This was particularly interesting because, A, Ron reacted very excitedly about it. and Like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, that's super cool. I can't believe you have one of those. Yeah. Invisibility cloak. Um, But... Oh, the Dursley gave him a present, too. Yeah, that's right. They actually Sent him. remembered enough to give him a present, which yeah, is surprising. Yeah. I, I think probably, like, Hagrid just, like, scared them into... Side note. Yeah. How did they give him a present? Yeah. Did, like, Hagrid send an owl? Did Dumbledore send an owl? I don't... To get them a present? Yeah, because, like, you wouldn't think... Muggle mail. Because now I'm thinking like literally an owl <laughs> just point. rapping on the door <laughs> constantly. With like a, a note like give Harry a yes, like, present. <laughs> I'm not leaving until. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. But no, I just uh, I just thought of that now. I was like, yeah. well, how exactly did they get their yeah. present to Harry? Yeah. And, you know, maybe mm. they did forget or maybe they weren't intending to send one until something happened <laughs> where they're like, okay, we'll send something. Right. Um, yeah Yeah. so that was just an intriguing thing we still have some big things to talk about but before we get to the biggest thing of the chapter not that the invisibility cloak isn't big it's a really cool present uh, that he puts to use very quickly yes Um, I like that he like he goes out and uses it on his own though like like this is from his dad you know this was like his dad's mm -hmm. gift and not from his dad, but, you know, whoever sent it to him, like, he's wearing something that his dad might have worn, you know, like, and he's, like, going out on his own. There's something really special about that, you know, so. No, I completely agree with you. I, yeah. Uh, he does kind of talk himself into it by the use it wisely part of mm-hmm. the note, and he's mm-hmm. like, well, clearly I have to use this. Um, right. So, uh, but I agree with you. I think him using it individually the first time is important right and he uses it to very uh, well i shouldn't say responsibly because he is breaking like several rules in this process (laughs) (laughs) his intentions right were great and that he wanted to go to the library and do some extra research on trying to find who uh nicholas famal is Mm -hmm. and um the description of the library is tens of thousands of books. I know. Thousands of shelves and hundreds of narrow rows. Once again, something that I either overlooked mm-hmm. or just looked past or, or or just don't remember. Whatever. Right. Put into context how big that library is. Yeah. That is massive. Yeah. That's it's- like 
more than the Beauty and the Beast library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's massive. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I've always thought of it, um, and this isn't a spoiler, because technically I'm talking about this scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like the library is just like this narrow, almost mm-hmm. closet of a, of a room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the restriction section is, or you, right. Still small, right? And this is giving me the impression that it's almost great hall like, mm-hmm. and that it's that massive. It has yeah. to be almost bigger than the great hall. I have. was just thinking that, like, it's got to be bigger. I mean, magic is weird. Yeah. <laughs> True. So True. and you know, right? Maybe they're putting a little bit on it um, to kind of fit all of this into maybe a normal sized room. Right. And people just don't realize it. Right. Um, right. But, uh, and maybe it's just Madame Pence. Maybe the librarian herself is just some super magical person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just goes way under the radar. Right. Um, but the library, uh, that description stuck out to me. And I've said that before on a bunch of different episodes of just like 140 something staircases or, you know, some of her descriptions are so awesome. And I feel like they get lost in the story, which I guess is fine because the story is so captivating that you gloss over a couple of the details. Right. But some of the details are amazing. Right. The mirror of Erised. Yes. Um, I'm not going to try to read the quote. You can, if you have the book, hopefully you are, and hopefully you're reading along with us. You yes. can read the inscription for yourselves. Um, it's at page 207, if you have a hard copy. Yes. Yeah. And, All the way down at the bottom. Uh, I, I will share, it's obviously one of those things where if you read it backwards, it's much more clear. Yes. Um. And it's not necessarily a spoiler because Dumbledore essentially tells you this mm-hmm. um, later in the chapter, but the wonderful inscription in the weird language, if you read it backwards, says, I show not your face, but your heart's desire. Um, it's a really neat, interesting bit of magic that Dumbledore kind of enlightens us on a little bit more, for better or for worse later um but harry at first he doesn't know what he's even seeing right uh i don't just mean like people i mean he like really doesn't recognize the people in the mirror Mm -hmm. like he has to literally piece it together by like well she's got really pretty hair she's wait she has my eyes wait that dude has similar hair as me oh my goodness yeah (laughs) like i don't It's, and the way it's done, and the, and maybe I'm just reading this and I'm putting it in my head this way, but it's almost like a deliberate, like, writing of him slowly coming to the realization of, like, yeah, it's like a slow build, almost. Yeah. And at least the way I read it, I'm just like, wow, it's really impactful. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's seeing his family for the first time. Yeah. And she says that, you know, um... And I, I completely agree with you. It's kind of like this, like, slow build up. Mm-hmm. And it, it's such a beautiful moment. Um, I, I just can't imagine being Harry. Never have seen any of his family, his mom and dad. And all of a sudden he stumbles upon this mirror. And he's like, oh, whoa. 
Like yeah. it's a it's a very cool, powerful moment for sure. And especially with him being relatively new to the magical world. Yeah. Like it can suck people in. Yeah. But I think there's a few reasons that he has such a powerful connection to this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a powerful thing he's seeing. Right. But I, I don't know that he's like, is this magic? Is this like a whole other like mm-hmm. realm or dimension or like right. reality or like what am I actually witnessing? Right. It's his whole family too. Right. Like grandparents yep. and great grandparents and like mm-hmm. other things mm-hmm. that are behind going further back, which it's another detail I didn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I liken it to going to your grandma's house mm-hmm. and then seeing like a picture that you never knew existed. Yeah. Of like your family mm-hmm. and like they were either younger or mm-hmm. kids or, you know, it's an old black and white picture that we're not right. used to seeing anymore. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, this is cool. This right. is a cool picture. Right. Um, this one moves. Mm-hmm. Like, they can somewhat interact with you a little bit. I think Lily is crying but smiling. Yep. Uh, that, so it's almost like they're interacting with you. Yeah. Even though they're not. Right. And it's, I, that's hard to yeah. imagine, like. Oh, man. Being in Harry's shoes there. Oh. Um, Ron's is a little less. You know, he obviously goes back with Ron and tries to find this thing, like, <laughs> immediately. Right. And, you know, Ron's is a little bit more, uh, dare I say, superficial. Yeah, I think, yeah, I would agree with you on that. Uh, we can get into some of this in the spoiler section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, his is a little bit more superficial. So is that easier to pull away from? I think Ron is still validated with some of his feelings, obviously, that he's saying, but yeah, I would say it's probably a little bit easier to pull away from because I hate comparing like one person's experience to another for sure. But like you have never seen your family like at all and it's something you like ache for. And then you're like, yeah, I've never really been a whole stand, like a big standout in my family, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm holding the Quidditch cup and all this, and maybe it'll happen in the future. I also think, too, Ron's personality is probably, he's a little bit more like, eh, whatevs, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's an interesting question that I wanted to get to. And we are running way over on the first part. (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) It's okay. So uh, we should get to the spoiler section soon. Um, But I do want to follow up on that Ron comment. Yeah. um, Because I think it's a really good point. He's probably a little bit more aware than Harry is of things in the magical realm that can oh, for sure. pull you in. Yeah, I think so. that definitely helps. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And Dumbledore, you know, comes in and kind of puts a lot of it into context and has a lot of these quotes. Yeah. That are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like one of his biggest quotes that like is quoted everywhere. Yeah, yeah. If you're big on quotes, or if you have like a quote wall at home, or yeah, whatever. I pulled two specifically. The first one I pulled was um, it basically describes the mirror. It shows us nothing more or less than the deepest, most desperate desires of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't pull any punches with that. The words he chooses, like the 
deepest and most desperate desires. Mm-hmm. It's just a really interesting word choice that he yeah. uses when he describes it. Um, Dumbledore chooses his words wisely always, even yes. if it's like oddment, blubber, and tweak from like the first <laughs> from the first couple of chapters. Um, he chooses his words phenomenally well. Yes. Um, so that's the one quote I picked. Yeah. Uh, which we can get more into in the spoilers. And the other one I picked because it's meaningful to me oh, is it's such a good quote. Yeah. It does not do uh, to dwell on your dreams and forget to live. Mm-hmm. Remember that. That's heavy. That's yeah. a heavy quote. Yeah. To kind of put in here. Dreaming of the future and dreaming of like five years from now and ten years from now. Mm-hmm. Where am I going to be? What am I going to be doing? Who am I going to be? Right. And then you forget that you have a day that you have right now. Exactly. You have people that you need to interact with. You have jobs. You have mm-hmm. <laughs> responsibilities that you need to attend to. <laughs> right. And um, it's right. good to have dreams. He's not saying it's not good to have dreams. Right. Um, it's just you have to remember to live them <laughs> and not just continually dream them. Right. Plus, too, I think it's the whole fact of um, enjoying the journey. Not wasting what you have in the moment mm-hmm. and the good little things that are everywhere. Yeah. Because you're waiting on the grass to be greener on the other side. Yeah. So. Dumbledore comes up with some, some great, great things. Uh, just in those descriptions and his talking with Harry. Yeah. And That's then Harry asks him a question about what he sees in the mirror of Erised. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore responds, <laughs> uh, woolen socks... And I love Harry's introspective thought when mm-hmm. he gets back to the dorm of like, I think Dumbledore just lied to me. Like, I think he just specifically lied to me. Also, I just asked him a really personal question. Mm-hmm. And it's and we've talked before about how JK likes to just drop some bits at the end of chapters and then just goes right along her way. Yep. That's one where I'm just like, that's heavy. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, and Harry knowing, like, oh, man, I just asked him something, like. Right. And that Dumbledore, to his credit, just kind of, like, rolled with really quick. Right, right. Um, I just loved the moment where Harry's like, oh, man. Right, right. Without thinking about it, I just asked him something super personal. Right. You see that little taste of him growing up a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's like that. It's a 11-year-old kid that came to that right. realization. Right. It's, yes. I don't know many 11-year-old kids that would come to that in realization. No. <laughs> um, They'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Well, in socks. All right, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, unique choice. I respect it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so nobody can ever have too many socks. Especially if they're Harry Potter socks. Uh, yeah. On that note, uh, let's pause <laughs> right now, and uh, we'll be back with the spoiler section. We'll get more into the Mirror of Vera said. <laughs> All right, so we are back in the spoiler section of Chapter 12, The Mirror of Erised. But first, I wanted to start off with one of the polls that we ran on our Twitter, uh, which is at HogwartsApod. And the poll was, who is your favorite teacher from book one? And McGonagall, unsurprisingly, (laughs) won with 53% of the vote. Uh, Snape came in tied for second with 20%. Flitwick is who he tied with, 
okay. with 20%. So they both got 20% of the vote. Other got 7%. Hmm. Who do you think was other? Ooh. The um, only other real options there are from book one that bins? we know of is pins, <laughs> coral. Yeah. Um, we don't get a lot of sprout, even though they have herbology. Right. So that's essentially it, really. Right. Yeah. They mention astronomy, but they don't mention the teacher's name. No. So kind of an interesting poll. McGonagall, unsurprisingly, won. Who, who would yeah. you pick? Uh, I mean, I'd have to go with McGonagall, just based off the first book. Um, Her blushing and giggling is what really sold it for you. Though. Oh, 100%. I'm like, yeah, she's a real lady. <laughs> uh, McGonagall's a very easy yeah. answer. Yeah. I'm... To be different, I, I'm I'm a Flitwick dude. I really like Flitwick. You're a big Flit, Flitwick fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, charms, super important. Yes. Head of the Ravenclaw house. Yeah. An accomplished duelist. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. our poll. Uh, check out our Twitter for more polls and more fun things. And um, we'll drop updates on episodes coming up. So check us out. Um, I think we wanted to talk more Ron. Yes. So you were talking about Ron's qualities that make him more willing to pull away from the mirror yeah. versus maybe Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Harry gets a lot of the shine, obviously. His name is literally on the book. Right. So <laughs> Harry Potter and. Um, I think Hermione gets a lot of shine because she's the girl in the trio. Right. Um which is funny because this is literally the story of Ron's life. Right. Is he gets overshadowed by those around him mm-hmm. constantly. Yeah. And I, you see Ron in the mirror of Erised thinking like, oh, I'm going to be house boy and I'm going to be Quidditch captain right. and I'm going to win the house cup and the Quidditch cup and I'm going to have all of this. Uh, essentially, by doing all of the above, mm-hmm. he's one-upping all of his brothers. Yeah. Because Charlie was one. Mm-hmm. Bill was one. Mm-hmm. Percy's one. Right. They haven't had the combo of all of the above. <laughs> Bill wasn't a Quidditch captain. So right. it's um, it's just an interesting kind of desire that he has. Mm-hmm. His ability to just be like, <laughs> whatevs, as you put it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and be like, oh, that's cool and everything. Right. But... and. Either it's him recognizing, like, hey, this is really cool, but either he self-doubts himself mm-hmm. and thinks, that's cool and everything, I don't know that that's possible. Right. Like, I don't know that that's actually really attainable for me. Right. Or or he, I think he has the thought of, like, well, maybe this is the future. This right. is, like, a look into what my future might be. Right. Um. But it's just interesting that he's very quick to just turn away from it and be like, no, I don't need to go back to that. Right, right. Well, I think he tends to be a little bit more cautionary of magical items. Um, You know, I think him growing up in a wizarding family where his dad, who is, you know, he works for the ministry. He um, does the muggle artifacts Mm -hmm. and the bewitching of everything. I think he's a little bit more cautionary of magical objects so he sees all these great things that are happening and he's like hmm i don't know about that like this there's something that feels off about this mirror 
I think part of Ron's quality is, you know, Hermione's the book smart, mm-hmm. super intelligent, has her head on straight yeah. kind of person. Harry is more street smart, practical. Right. But also rushes headlong into things. Yes. Doesn't really think things through a whole no. lot. Very reactionary. Can get himself into some trouble yes. doing that. Um, whereas Ron is like, he's practical, yeah. street smart, mm-hmm. but without that rash right. quality of Aries. <laughs> of like, yeah. well, I don't know that this is that great. Let's back up just a second. Right. And right. let's think this one through because this doesn't right. feel right. Right. Um, and I think it's a quality of Ron that kind of gets undervalued. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's because people are looking at the other two in the trio more. Yeah. But I think it's a testament to Ron. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a testament to him in this chapter that I think a lot of people gloss over. Oh, for sure. Um, plus two, like, all right. I'm with uh, some of the other guests you've had. The movies sometimes kind of just... Do not do Ron any favors. No. Like, yeah. like they really... Uh, yeah. He seems like a scaredy cat for a lot of it. And yes, there are some of those qualities for sure, but like Ron's actually pretty chill. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I think having like brothers like Fred and George... <laughs> You know, you're going to, like, things are going to roll off you a little bit easier, too. So. For sure. Yeah. You know, Ron gets a lot of great moments in this book. And we haven't gotten to some yeah. of his best moments yet. Yeah. Uh, we get glimpses that we get a teaser of right. it here. Uh, speaking of uh, Weasley being uh, <laughs> kind of in the middle of things in this chapter. The Weasley twins start off the chapter. Yes. By bouncing snowballs off the back yes. of Quirrell's turban. Yes. At this point. <laughs> Boldy. <laughs> yeah, right? Right. Like, that's a thing, right? Right. Uh, so you're literally throwing snowballs <laughs> in face. Right. <laughs> like. I love it. <laughs> and I'm sure he's back there like, <laughs> Kill him. Right. Kill him now. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those moments that sticks out it's like wait a minute hold on um by the way just side note here um i would totally love to spend a christmas hanging out with like the weasley twins and like being in the mix of all that like that had to be really fun for harry you know like oh i'm oh yeah like what a blast uh <laughs> and this is a nice moment with even percy too, yes because they the twins force him <laughs> To kind of be part of their group and hang out and chill and right. um, and relax a little bit and have a little bit of fun, which Percy just from here on just doesn't. No, he does it less and less. Yeah, and um, it's an interesting look at the family dynamic that it they is. have. Yeah, and how they very quickly accept Harry mm-hmm. as I, th- I think that no, the twins say it. It's um. Christmas is a time you're not going to the prefix lounge. Yeah, family. Or Christmas is a time for family. Mm-hmm. Harry's standing right there, right. And I think they just, without much thought, just kind of include him. Oh yeah, in that yeah, which to them seems like oh, yeah, right. You're you're good. You're you're part of us, right? 
And to Harry, or to someone in Harry's position, that's a big thing. Oh, yeah. It's a meaningful thing. It's like, wow, I have, like, I just saw, or Mm -hmm. I'm about to see Mm -hmm. his true family in Mm -hmm. one form, Mm -hmm. his biological family. Right. But he has a new family. Right. And you kind of get that dynamic switch in this chapter. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Right. So awesome. Like, you you get, like, this, like, adopted type of family happening. And then he also sees his real family, like, that parallel of, like, you know, yeah, his his true family, they're they're gone and passed. But then he also has this warmth of new family as well that's there to take care of him and be like, no, you know, like, that's, I don't know. It's amazing stuff. I love the Weasleys. The Weasleys are awesome (laughs) i love the sweaters that you mentioned earlier yes um (laughs) the thing about the sweaters though i told you that i am totally overthinking this a hundred percent and then you came at me with a very practical (laughs) real world thing that makes all of the sense in the world but i am still gonna conspiracy theory the heck out of this do it (laughs) so (laughs) um (laughs) but uh, Reading the chapter, Mrs. Weasley gives Harry the Weasley tradition of the sweater. The green part of it, I was like, ooh, is this hinting towards, like, his dual nature of, like, Mm -hmm. Gryffindor, but also Slytherin. Yeah. The reason is, if she just said green, I'm like, cool. Yeah. But emerald green, like a vivid green, I'm like, maybe. Yeah. And then yeah. your very real world practical, honestly, the actual probable reason. <laughs> My logical side coming out. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Um, well, Harry's eyes are green. So maybe yeah, she was just matching his eyes. <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. But Molly, that's a very boring answer. I know. It's the correct one, clearly. Right. <laughs> it's, but. it's fun to go down a fan rabbit hole and then start a whole YouTube conspiracy theory on it, for sure. That's what I read so many of on Veritas Serum back in the day. Yeah, right. No, I'm still sticking with my conspiracy theory. I don't care uh, that Molly's 100% right. It's fine. <laughs> but anyway... So, the mirror of Erison. Yes. So many layers. And I have questions. <laughs> I I have questions about a lot of things, actually, in this chapter. Dumbledore has this in just a random classroom, in a random empty classroom. So, obviously, at the end of the book, Harry, Hermione, and Ron have to go through these... Mm-hmm chambers with different obstacles that some of the teachers have set up Mm -hmm. the mirror is obviously dumbledore's last resort uh obstacle or trick or whatever you want to call it right it's insanely genius a genius man like dumbledore in general it's foolproof like every one of the other obstacles is honestly if someone really want to get there fairly easy to get through this one however Mm -hmm. you literally have to be a very specific kind of person. Mm-hmm. And it's such an almost unbeatable thing to put at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, which is why he gets stumped by it. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but so I guess my questions begin. He just has this magical artifact at his disposal. Right. 
Um, he clearly knows it extremely well. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he spent a good long time staring at it himself. Right. And I think in one of the movies, I want to say it's Crimes of Grindelwald. Yes. We see him staring into it. Yeah. And we see what he sees. Right. Um, which, thankfully, this is the spoiler section. Yes. <laughs> he sees Grindelwald. <laughs> right. In it. <laughs> Big lie. He told Harry that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but man, it would have been great if Dumbledore, out of all of the things he wants most in life, woolen sucks. I'm sure someone has photoshopped <laughs> that scene of that movie. Of him yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that that meme is out there somewhere. Yes. Uh, or Grindwald holding all the socks. Ooh. Ooh. I yeah. like that. Oh, God. Uh, so. Welcome to our rabbit holes. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, it's just, it, it's an interesting kind of, thing with Dumbledore that he knows the dangers of this so and I get that he's a history buff and he's been there and done that and he's done his research on the mirror I'm sure and Mm -hmm. he knows the accounts of people wasting away in front of it and Mm -hmm. I think he knows enough to obviously pull himself away or realize like hey this isn't real or this isn't happening Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be in his particular relationship with Grindelwald which is the epitome of Facebook status. It's complicated. Right. <laughs> so, yes. Very. <laughs> the gravity that he has and the respect that he has for the mirror and its magical power yeah. to ensnare people so mm-hmm. um, completely. Mm-hmm. It's a temptation, though, to bring it into the school. Like, even for him. Like, it's yeah. you're running a little bit of a risk. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> um, I do find it interesting, though. Like, I will say this until I'm blue in the face. Dumbledore is such an interesting man. Like, I want to know so much more about him. Because, like, there's just so many things that happen. Aren't you glad we're getting the secrets of Dumbledore uh, coming yes, out? Yes, <laughs> actually. I just hope it doesn't end up like the crimes of Grindelwald. But anywho's, um, like, I, when, I, when Harry first, like, stumbles upon this mirror it's just all too like perfect sometimes you know like a door stood ajar to his left it was his only hope right like was yes. Dumbledore somewhat at play with Harry kind of discovering this stuff I'm so glad you asked this question yeah this was also a question I had yeah it's like okay so what's Dumbledore's end game here with right. this scenario right it's the easiest answer is he already knows Quirrell is going to break in. Right. And he's going to get here. Mm-hmm. So he's banking on that. He's also banking on Harry also being there. Right. Getting through all the challenges, which admittedly is difficult for a first year. Right. Even though he said it's easy. It should be easy for Quirrell. It should be easy for Snape. It should right. be easy. For a first year, not necessarily as easy. No. You're banking on that. Then you're literally telling him, you're giving him instructions on how to work the mirror and right. what the trick is behind the mirror and like what it does. Right. And how, like what magic it possesses. You're literally instructing him mm-hmm. to then get the stone. Right. 
for potentially Voldy? Right. How does he know What's that? your end right. game there, though? Right. Like, this could go horribly wrong. Right. Why? You're, you're Dumbledore. Right. You could stop this right. at any given point in time. Right. But you're yeah. banking on a first year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, like, um, also, too, like, the whole, I don't need a cloak to become invisible. Like, Dumbledore. What is your spell? Like, what? what it's a little you... weird, isn't right. it? Right. It's a little weird of a statement. Right. So, he was clearly there, invisible, listening to Ron and Harry <laughs> argue about this. <laughs> right. Weird, right? Yes. So so either he's tempted by the mirror mm-hmm. and he's in there contemplating the mirror right. on his own. Right. And they just happened to be in there at the same time. Right. Uh, and he did like a quick, uh, I think it's like a disillusionment spell or something like that. Or it's mm-hmm. like the best wizards can get pretty darn close to an invisibility cloak. <laughs> Not that good, but pretty right. darn close. Right. And others are, like, a little shaky, a little wobbly with it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. That's fine. Or <laughs> he's there watching their reactions mm-hmm. and at least learning, like, what theirs is first, mm-hmm. truly. Right. Is, is this him testing Harry a little bit? and Being oh. like, what do you see in that mirror? Because right. that tells me a lot about who you are. Right. Ooh, like he, point, like Dan. I think he knows because that's why he sent him to the Dursleys is for a more down to earth, you know, growing up. Right. So, but I think this is like a big Dumbledore. Like, who are you really? Right. Like, let me see who you are. Right. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting reason as to why Dumbledore is really kind of checking in on them during yeah. this period. Was it innocently? Not innocently but like him attracted to the mirror and that's why he was in the room or was it more uh nefarious <laughs> like trying to actually scout harry yeah i think dumbledore in general is just an inquisitive person so i'm sure too it's just he's wondering in general how harry's is shaped as a person Is Dumbledore afraid of Quirrell? And let me qualify that, because everybody listening right now is probably like, what are you talking about? It's Dumbledore, why'd he be afraid of Quirrell? Not so much Quirrell, Mm -hmm. but Voldy. Like, he knows that Bond might be there, somehow, someway. Yeah. And he knows that whatever magic he has can't beat that, necessarily. Hence, Harry needs to be the one because of that contact thing. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the ultimate reason that Quirrell's defeated at the end of this is because right. of Harry's inherent magic. Right. So does Dumbledore need Harry for that? And that's why, like, his answer to Buck Quirrell is Harry. And he can't do it himself? Right. Does he know that? Is that a thing here? Because it's questionable to send an 11-year-old <laughs> on this particular quest. Right. It's just an interesting question of, like, yeah. and maybe that's it? Yeah. I don't know if maybe fear is what's behind it. I think it's more, yes, he knows the prophecy. Like, he knows 
that Harry has to be the one to beat him. So he's probably seeing maybe <laughs> where Harry's skills lie. Like it's, scouting. <laughs> yeah, so you're you're in the camp of Dumbledore has already started his training. Yes. Like when he sends, I think he sends a letter uh, in the sixth book about like, I'm going to be doing some of your, lesson, your lessons this year. Yeah. And Harry gets like all of this imagination gone wild of like, he's going to be teaching me this advanced defense against the dark arts or whatever. So you would say that maybe his lessons from Dumbledore, <laughs> in a back-ended way, start now. Yeah. With the Mirror of Arisen. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting take. Yeah. Uh, I didn't honestly mean to go this direction with this conversation, no. but it's interesting. It's, a, it's, it's definitely thought-provoking, for sure. And I'm, this chapter and this Mirror of Arisen is so intriguing to me. It's heavy. It is. Yeah. And, like, I don't even know if what I would see if I were to actually, like, look into the mirror. Yeah. Because I know what I think I would see. Right. But then it's your true mm -hmm. deepest desires or whatever. Right. So, you know, I like to think mm -hmm. what my desires are in this world, but it would show you what they really are. Right. Exactly. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I I know I have no idea what I would see. I mean, I'd like to think it would be similar to, like, Harry's, like, family yeah. and, like, you know, that, like, happy future type thing, uh -huh. you know? Are you sure yours is not, like, knitting outdoors? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> knitting in the Gryffindor common room or the Hufflepuff common room. Next to a fire, being left alone. Knitting some socks for Dobby. Yeah. Because we're in the, <laughs> the spoiler <laughs> section. Socks for Dumbledore. There, there you go. That would be you. Full circle. If you were Harry in this, you'd be like, woolen socks? I got you. Like, no worries, bro. <laughs> I can definitely imagine you doing that. Yes. Um, and I can't believe I just called Dumbledore bro. <laughs> I can believe you. No, I don't know. I, if it was me, I'd probably... I would think I'd see myself like traveling, like oh, yeah. different locations or yeah. or whatever, mm -hmm. and that I don't know how a mirror would like show me that, right. <laughs> but I would like to think that that's what right. it would be. But right. it's also an interesting thing of like you think something, but it's gonna show you whatever it really is, whether you subconsciously think it or you're thinking of it constantly. Right. Uh, we've talked a lot about the mirror of Arisen. Uh, because that's a chapter title. Right. Uh, but the invisibility cloak is dropped in this chapter. Oh my gosh. Like, boom. It's, you know, it's it's not that important. It's just a deathly hallow that's right. passed down through Harry's family. Right. It's not like, that big of a deal. Whatever. You know, it's no yeah. big deal. Right. We don't learn who wrote the letter and, and passes down in this book. Right. Or in, in, this, uh, in this chapter. But it's Dumbledore. Yes. So... At this point in time, then, he had two of the three hallows. There's three hallows. Yes. The stone, the wand, and the cloak. Right. He has two of those three. He has the wand and then the cloak. Right. In his possession. Right. The wand itself, by definition, makes you the most powerful, quote-unquote, being right. out there. Um, and the cloak, 
based on the story, kind of makes you the master of death. Right. Because it hides you from death. Right. So he's, like, invincible right now? Pretty much. Like, he was straight up invincible. Yeah. At the beginning of this book. Yeah. Two, th- two three, for sure. Yeah. Not to mention his own skills, talents, right. and knowledge, which are right. considerable. I mean, if you think about it, too, like, those are probably, out of the three, like, the two, if you were trying to be super powerful, you'd want to have. It's, yeah, it's the perfect combo of offense and defense. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, again, to, and Dumbledore mentioned it, and you called him out for it, of, like, he probably doesn't value the cloak as much, because, well, I could become pretty darn close Mm -hmm. myself. Right. Because of my own talents and because of the wand. Right. So he probably doesn't value the cloak as much. Right. And he likes the, the wand, obviously, because he can do a whole bunch with it. And how he got the wand right. is meaningful to him. Right. Uh, for a couple of different reasons. So, right. <laughs> um, But then you're, the third one is the stone, which he also possesses mm-hmm. um, at one point. Although he doesn't have it yet at this point. No. Because he wasn't hunting Horcruxes mm-hmm. until later. Right. So he would have to be the closest person to having all three at one time. Yeah. Ever, right? Pretty good. He'd have to be. I, yeah. Other than the brothers themselves. Yeah. Right. But even still, like, they were... Spread out. Spread out, yeah. yeah. And the one automatically lost the wand. So how long did he have that for? You know? Right. So No, the yeah. wand changed his hands the most. Yes. And obviously the cloak probably switched hands the least if it stayed in the same family line. Right. right. Yeah. So, and then the, the ring didn't change hands a whole lot. No. Because it was with the Gaunt family for a Quite long a time. Yeah. yeah. Even though they had no idea what it actually was. No. I think I would always go with... I would want the cloak. And yeah. it's it's more than what the books tell you. The books literally tell you, this is the answer. This is the one. Right. You should choose this. The cloak, right. If you're a good person, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you choose the cloak. Right. That's the answer to that riddle or right. whatever. And right. I, I get that. But, you know, there's reasons people choose the other two. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and conversely... The books tell you that the stone is the worst. Yeah. Or at least it paints the stone as the worst because right. it's not favorably looked on in the story. Right. It's very depressing. It's <laughs> like, super depressing. But like the like the promise of what it gives, I think, is extremely intriguing. Um, I mean, I always, you know, it's funny because like. Um, for a long time, I was like, oh, for sure, the cloak, the cloak, the cloak. Like, mm-hmm. it would be so cool to be a fly on the wall and, you know, like, just observe. Go full introvert. Right. Go, go full <laughs> No one introvert. can see me or talk to right. me right now. Right. And don't get me wrong. Still would love to have a cloak. But the stone is... Really? Yes. Okay. Um, You know, I've had some recent things happen to me in the past couple months and... Um, my, my father passed away, and it's super, super, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hard. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's it, just it, hard. It's yeah. hard, you know? Yeah. So, like, the idea of having someone, 
or having something that like you can have one more like you would be able to have one more conversation with that person it, it's it's tempting i could see where that that tempt comes from so, but you make an interesting point though yeah is that if you had the stone right you would use it more similarly to how harry used it in seven yes a fleeting quick i need this just right now right i don't need to see you for the next 15 years. No. <laughs> I just need you right now because I'm feeling down or I'm feeling right. scared or I'm feeling like right. I can't do this. Right. And I'm not saying like I can't make a sandwich because I broke my hand. <laughs> no. It's like a big moment in your life. Right, exactly. Where it's like, right. I, this is my life. Right. I, I don't know where to go. Right. And right. you need that boost of someone that not just you know, but someone who knows you. You yeah. so well. Yeah. It's an interesting clarification. Like, I think, and I, I credit JK with this, because right. after she tells that story, right. you're like, why? Right. Would you ever choose the stone? Right. It will literally lead to the most <laughs> depressed version of right. both of those right. individuals. Right. And it leads to a tailspin and not a very happy ending. Right. Why would you right. do that? And then she comes back around and is like, here's why you might opt for it. Right. And I think that's a credit to her to be like, okay, here's both sides of that equation. Here's how you don't use it, and here's how you do use it. Right. The wand is self-explanatory. Right. And the cloak is fairly easily explained. So the stone is a big gray area. It is. It really is. Because, yeah, I mean... When you think about, like, the story she tells first, it's, like, not really that person, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, like, when you lose someone, it's, like, you want that full person with you still, mm -hmm. you know? So that would be really hard. Would, similarly to the mirror Vera said, Yeah. If you had that stone, though, Yeah. That is a temptation. That is. I mean, that's a real temptation to right. have them there more than maybe we just talked about. Right. It is. It is really tempting. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd have to just pull back and just know, like, this isn't right. Right. For, it's, it's, by definition, it's unnatural. <laughs> like, like it's, <laughs> exactly. So, so it's like, yeah. um, and it's not like a ghost, yeah. like nearly headless Nick. Or the Bloody right. Baron. Right. It's a shadow of a goat. Like, it's right. like... Right. Yeah, it's... JK, just gut-punching you with that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's... But I get where you're, you're coming from with that switch. If you use it how I guess... Well, I shouldn't say intended, because Death made it to intend... Right. To, to come back to him. Right. Um, it's just the cloak was the one that smarted him. Um, so not, do not use it how it was intended to be used. Don't. <laughs> use it carefully. Yes. Sparingly, rarely. Right. In, in the most dire circumstances. But no, it's, it's interesting. I'm, that's an interesting take. Yeah. Yeah. So chapter 12 was a lot. Yeah. In the best way possible. Oh, for sure. And it's an important chapter. Oh, yeah. Which I've said a lot during the, the, these, these podcasts. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter, man, it's yeah, it's phenomenal. That's why we do this. It's it's so much fun. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. we're running long. <laughs> Apologies. 
So hopefully you enjoyed the conversation. We'll end it here. Uh, spoiler alert, Molly's going to be back for Chapter 13. So join us for that. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hogwarts a pod. And then my personal Twitter account is at Daniel underscore Allen 44. And for Molly, I'm Dan. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh... Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts Apod.